Three weeks ago, we started a four-part series entitled, uh, We Fight for the Plan, was three weeks ago. And I talked about the fact that you need a higher anointing more than just your own anointing. If you're going to fulfill the plan of God, that's God's divine system. You see that all the way through the Old and New Testament. There's always, we always submit and work with somebody over us because that anointing helps nourish our anointing so that we can fulfill the plan and the call that he has for us. And then the second point from three weeks ago was your job was to protect that relationship. It was Elisha's job to protect it, not Elijah's, so to speak. And so a lot of people, they lose out on that supply because they don't protect it. They get offended too easily. They get familiar too easily. And you got to renew that. You got to renew that honor for me as your pastor. I have to renew my honor for Pastor Nancy. She has to renew her honor for Brother Copeland on a daily basis. It really becomes a daily thing. If you'll renew it on a daily basis, you'll never get offended. Is this, is this a, a promise of life church or is this a wake up? If you renew it on a daily basis, you'll never get offended. How do people get familiar? They see people in less than flattering circumstances. Less than flattering doesn't mean sin. It just means that the image that you have on the pedestal, it's not always there. Pastor Ruby sees Pastor Nancy in not the image of the, the perfection in the pulpit. She sees her travel. She sees her when she's tired, when she doesn't feel well, when she's hurt, when she's frustrated, when she's maybe not in the best of moods. And usually she is in a good mood, but I'm saying we are humans. There are ranges of emotions. And so if anybody's going to get familiar, it's going to be somebody that sees her in all those variety of situations like Pastor Ruby. And I said to her, what do you do? And she said, I renew my honor for her every day, every day, every day. So that no matter what I see, I recognize that I pray for her and that she's, she's human. But, and she's a spiritual human, but she's still a human. And so if you renew honor for that, you renew honor for that on a regular basis in your heart, you won't get offended, you won't get familiar. Are you with me? You know, Lester said, and, I, and this is for somebody, this is a bunny trail, but this is the Holy Ghost bunny trail because sometimes people need to just hear stuff that's not part of my sermon as the Lord prompts me. That he said, faith has to be renewed every day. And it is a common belief in the body of Christ, which is erroneous and completely unscriptural. Well, I understand about healing. I've got revelation about healing. And they don't think about it for six months, and then they get sick. And then once they've got sick, they can't get rid of that sickness. It takes them six months to get rid of it. But six months before, they could get rid of it in six hours. Do you know why? Because you didn't renew your faith on healing every day. Your faith got rusty. Your faith wasn't used. I'm, I'm serious about this. You, on the ba- you can't renew your faith on every subject because it's just too, too time-consuming. But on basic things, basic things, every day, every day, I, re- I remind myself. I don't have to necessarily read an entire scripture, although sometimes I do, but I stir myself up. I remind myself and I, quote-unquote, renew my faith on basic things every day of my life because I've got to keep my faith sword sharp because when that problem shows up, I decapitate it. Some of you, when the problem shows up, you're doing it, and it bounces off the neck. And you're hacking that problem to death. And it takes you 25 hacks instead of one skillful slice. If you keep your faith renewed every day on basic things, you don't maybe have time to do on everything, but as the Spirit prompts you, He'll deal with the other, you know, more macrocosm things. Because He knows what's coming. But every day, out of your own will, not by his prompting, just your decision, you can keep sharp. And the basics is faith and healing and honor. The basics. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. So the most important thing to God is that your finances are okay and that your health is okay. So every day I renew my mind. I, re- I remind myself of scripture. Sometimes it's a different scripture every day, uh, but I just, I stir myself up. Lord, I thank you. I-, I release my faith for finances, for increase, for blessing, for my personal life, for my church, which is my business. And I thank you, Father, Lord, come to pass. See, I'm, I- I'm releasing my faith. I'm keeping my faith sharp when it comes to fire. I do it every single day. Amen. Otherwise I'll get dull. Every day. Father, I thank you. I I thank you. I see you on that cross and every sickness and disease and torment was put on you. And I thank you no matter what I may be facing or no matter what way come in the future. I see it on you and I and I stir myself up and I release my faith and I renew my faith today that I have a healing covenant, that I walk in divine health, that my mind, my mind is sound. And I'll never lose my mind. Or according to Deuteronomy 28, be crazed in the wits. That means, um, that means you, 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 go, you go nuts. 
schizophrenia, bipolar. I'll never have it in Jesus' name. I'll never have dementia. I have good memory. And if the Holy Ghost prompts me or if I'm facing things in my body or attacks in my mind, then I specify those attacks. You can't address every part of your body. But if you've got a pain in an area, then I specify that. Unless he prompts you, then just specify what you know. But I renew my faith every day on faith and on healing and on finances. And because I understand the divine association and the connection in my life, and I understand how important it is to protect that relationship, every day, in addition to faith, renewing my faith on healing and finances, I renew my respect and my honor for those that are above me. And I say, Lord, I thank you for Pastor Nancy. I thank you for Brother Randy. I thank you for Brother Jerry. I thank you, Lord, nothing they'll ever do can offend me. I thank you for the supply that they have for me. I thank you that if they need to know something about me, that you speak to them today. Because, I, because one way is that you talk to me, but another way is you talk to me through them. Yes. You see, I renew that. Then no matter what happens, no matter what thought comes, no matter what action they do, maybe accidentally or unintentionally that could hurt, I've already renewed my honor for them. Yes. No matter what sickness shows up, I've, I've renewed my faith for my healing. No matter what financial pressure comes, I've renewed my faith for my prosperity. Some of you, that's an answer for some of you in this room today. You, you, you don't think about it. You're just running around with your making your toast. And you've got to get through because that, that bus is going to show up. And if you don't get in front of that bus, you're going to keep stopping. And you're going to have to keep stopping behind that bus. And you can't pass on the solid line. And so you've got to get out before the school bus shows up. And you're rushing. And then you've got business meetings. And you've got this. And then you've got kids. And you've got, oh, got to pick up Tylenol on my way home. What should we have today? Fish with this sauce or steak with that sauce? There's so much. Little buzzy bee, little buzzy bees. Slow it all down because all that stuff ain't going to matter if you don't have the money to buy the fish. Or if you're too sick to eat the fish. I'm serious. Take the moment when you wake up. Say, Father, I renew my faith about my healing covenant. I renew my faith about my prosperity covenant. I renew my faith about my pastoral covenant, my shepherd covenant. And Lord, today I will succeed. Might not look like it, but I am succeeding. And as the Holy Ghost prompts you, say other things. I bind the devil, take your filthy, rotten hands off my life and off the timings of my life. I'm adding that now. I'm adding that myself because I've never said that before until this morning. He showed me that I take your hands off my life and off the timings of my life. It will happen in the right time. I won't be in a rush. <laughs> when I was drowning that time and I was trying to catch those waves, you know, to get in. And that was a bad experience in El Salvador. And, and, and body surfing is much harder than, than surfing, regular surfing. I've done both. I was only very thin then. So, you know, don't, don't, don't try to picture me doing it now. But back then... I could do both surfing and bodyboarding and, and, and body surfing and boogie boarding and the whole thing. But it's much harder because you have to straighten up your body. You have to be like a board and you have to hit that wave just perfect. You have to hit it just perfect for you to ride, the, ride that wave. When you don't have a board, it's much harder. And of course, I was so exhausted and I won't get into the whole thing, but you know, we were drowning literally. And, and, and the man came, John, and he saved my friend Milton. And the, and the current is taking them out into the ocean. And I'm fighting against this current to try to get back. And it's so far away, the, the red umbrella, which was our marker on the sand. You know how big an umbrella is? You couldn't even see the umbrella. It was so small. That's how far away we were. You couldn't even see the umbrella. It was, that's how far we were out in the ocean. And I'm trying to catch these waves. And you have to do that. You, you, there's a certain way you do it. And I've never been that great at it because I've always had a board. So you don't practice something if you have a board. But if you're going to die, you learn to become very good at something very fast. Because it's literally sink or swim. And on one of those waves, that's where I became Aquaman. Luke calls me Aquaman. I am a literal, I am a, a physical version of Aquaman. <laughs> he said, I can see it. That is a lie from hell, brother. You can't see nothing. Aquaman is all perfectly finessed. I am the Santa Claus version of Aquaman. <laughs> Not forever. Not forever. Anyway, but uh, because I breathed underwater supernaturally because I was drowning. But I, I'm saying that because I was trying to get the crest. I, I was so exhausted. I'd been treading water for over an hour lifting up a man that was 106, 190 pounds because he couldn't swim. 
You try to tread water holding up an almost 200 pound man plus yourself in waves kicking with your legs for an hour and tell me if you can do it. The lactic acid buildup, I was in agony. I would actually let myself go under the water. I would sink for about 10 seconds just to be able to let that acid leave my legs and then I'd kick back up to the surface. I was going to die. I, 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 I was crying. I was, I was, happy. I was having panic attacks. And don't, don't say, well, where was your faith? You weren't there. <laughs> my faith was to hold up Milton for an hour. That's where my faith was. But I'm going, I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. And I'm so desperate to catch these waves to get in because I know I'm not, I don't have much left in the tank, Jenny. And, and what I, when you're too nervous to do it and you need it so bad, you can make mistakes. And I wasn't that good at it to begin with. And so I remember I would catch one. Oh, yeah, that's good. And I'd catch another one. Oh, yeah, that's good. And then I could just see that little red dot now on the horizon. I mean, I'm getting there a little closer, a little closer. You can't swim because the current's against you. So no matter what you energize with your swimming, you're the same place. So you're losing strength. You've got to catch the waves or you're done. But then, Sandra, uh, this big one comes. I mean, it was at least 12 feet tall. I mean, it was big. When you're, uh, your little head's above the water and there's a wave that's 12 feet tall, it looks like it's 50 feet tall. And, and, and that thing pulls you up in it. And I was so, I thought, this one will take me a good distance. And, and I got, I went a little bit too far over. I just, I'm so anxious to get it. I just went a little bit too far over and then I fell. And I felt my body falling in the air. That's how high the wave was. I could feel my body free falling through the air, bang, hit that water, and that monster came down on top of me. See, because you got to have the right timings. <laughs> you got to have the right timings. I don't know why the Lord's keep emphasizing that, but you got to have the right timings. Praise God. And that's where it pushed me down, 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 30 feet down. And then I'm coming up, and I'm trying, you know, you start to, you can't breathe. And you get that panic where you have to breathe or you're going to pass out. And I breach the surface and I'm, <gasps> and as I'm doing that, the next wave hits me square in the face. So I swallowed probably a liter of water when it hit me and I got up maybe a half breath and then pushed me back down another 25 feet. And I know what it feels like to drown. I know what it feels like. You see movies of it, but I know what it feels like. Because when your body runs out and you hit a critical mass, you start to convulse. Involuntarily, you convulse and you start sucking in water. You can't help it. Your body is so desperate for air, you'll start breathing in water. And that's what they do, that convulsion. And once that happens, you're finished. And I was just at the point of about to convulse. I remember that panic and I was at the maximum moment. And I was deep, 20, 30 feet down. And I've got nothing. And I know that feeling. It's an awful feeling. It's probably one of the worst feelings in the world. And I, have, and I, was, just about, I was about to start to take in that water, and I heard the audible voice of God. He saved me because of her prayers, because yeah. she was praying. And I heard him say, if you struggle, you'll die. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what? I mean, this is in the last microsecond. Let the water take you, son. Close your eyes. I remember I closed my eyes and I went into a ball and that thing rolled me and I'm thinking, why don't I need oxygen? I mean, I was at the point of critical failure and all the desire for air left me. I'm Aquaman. <laughs> Santa Claus, Aquaman. And for about a minute and a half, it rolled me. And I remember thinking, this is fun. I remember thinking that, this is fun. I don't need to breathe. And I was, per I was just so at peace. I was actually enjoying the feeling of being a rag doll because that's what it makes you feel like, a rag doll. And then I heard the Holy Ghost say, swim now. And I opened my eyes and I mean, that surface was so far up there. And I started to swim and there was absolutely no need for air. And I came up to the top and I didn't go, <gasps> I went, That's called the working of miracles. That is the gift of the working of miracles. Praise God. And God did it. The gift of faith didn't come on me. I couldn't believe for that at that moment. I was in panic. But because of the prayers of somebody else, God supernaturally bypassed me and did it for me. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I just keep hearing the Holy Ghost say, tell them timings are critical. 
I don't know who that's for, but God's giving you an answer today. It's for everybody, but there's certain specific people that need to hear that. You've been, make, you've been contemplating decisions, and I'm just warning you, timings are critical. Don't go too fast. You go too fast, you go over the top. You don't want to go over the top. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm protecting my relationship with, uh, with that. Remember, number one, you need a higher anointing. Number two, protect that relationship. Number three is you need impartation from that relationship. And that was, that was three weeks ago. Then 26th of September, we talked about watch for the plan. And I talked about Anna and Simeon, how they picked things up. Praise God. And then about Ephesians 6, pray for the utterances to come from the pulpit because the water comes up in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Then the water of revelation comes from the preacher and they meet in the middle. Praise God. And then all of a sudden, you, you both know what to do, but you also know inside what to do. Then I don't have to convince you of the vision because the Holy Ghost already showed you. If you're not a spiritual person that doesn't pray, you won't pick things up. Now you're just listening to the preacher. But if you're a spiritual person, God doesn't just want it to come to the preacher. He wants the preacher to confirm what you already know because you've been picking it up in your spirit. Because like Anne and Simeon, you're praying and you're knowing what God's doing in your era and in your local church and in your season. We talked about that, do you remember? And then about praying for the congregation that they would get it, like the Epiphras prayers. And then about once you've got it and you know, it's not just enough to say, great, I know what we're doing. I know what God's doing. I know my, I know my part in it. Stand on a wall. Yeah. Isaiah 62, and call for it. Watch for it. He said, I place watchmen on the wall. Your job is safe. I don't know how many of you do it or not, but I'm asking you to do it. Yeah. This is homework. Stand on a wall in your prayer closet while you're driving, in the shower, wherever you are, at least once a day, and start to call for it. Say, Father, the promises that you've promised according to Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, the promises that you've made to our ministry, to the church that I'm in, the promises for the future, the promises for the glory center, the promises for revival, the promises, Father, for the international works, I put you in remembrance. I will not keep silence. Day and night, I remind you of it. I've caught the vision. It came up in my heart, and it came down in the preached word. I've got it and I'm standing on a wall to say father let it come to pass I won't give you rest let it come to pass I call for it it must come to pass we want your plan we don't want anything but your plan we will not settle for anything less than your plan your plan must come now if I can get people on the wall calling we'll see this happen if I'm the only guy calling it's gonna take longer that's why I'm preaching this series we fight for the plan because if you get disconnected, it's not going to happen anyway. We watch for the plan. Get it and call for it. We agree with the plan last Sunday. Uh, Job says, just agree with him and it'll, good will come to you. And then the Samaria people, the guy didn't agree. He couldn't see how a loaf of bread that costs $100, one, one slice of bread costs $100. And he's going to say now, uh, you know, an entire loaf is going to cost 10 cents. How is that possible one day to the next? Not possible. But he argued and he lost it. He got trampled, remember? But God said, I don't want you to argue, I just want you to agree. Hallelujah. I just want you to agree. So I don't understand how all this is going to happen. I really don't. And he hasn't revealed to me how all this is going to happen. All I know is that I have to agree. He's looking for agreement before he can reveal the specifics. So I'm asking you, fight for the plan. Stay with me. Amen. Not controllingly, but if this is where God planted you, the devil's going to try to uproot yes. you. Yes. So protect it and stay with me. Fight for this plan with me. Amen. Watch for the plan and call for it. And agree with it. Don't have to understand it. Just say, I agree, Lord. I just said to Taylor as he walked off the stage, I said, your job now regarding the CD is to agree. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have the money for it. You disagree. You just start saying, Father, I agree with the plan for the new CD and all the money I need will come. Yes. Now God can do something. Because if you don't agree, he won't violate your will. You have to agree. You have to cooperate. He won't violate human will. He'll let people go to hell so much that he won't violate human will. Believe me, he would like to violate will to save people from hell, but he can't and he won't. It's not the system that he's created. We're not robots. We're not forced into anything. Amen? Amen. Pray. You chose to come this morning. That was by the choice of your will. You voted with your feet. Yes. Canada chose to have Trudeau back in. They voted with their feet. Yes. There is human will involved. Dictatorships force things. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. Russia is in the process. I don't know if they're going to go through with it, but they're in the process of rescinding all visas for all of their citizens that they can't leave the country as of January 1st, 2022. 
People can come in, but they are not allowed to leave. And this is, a, this is, a, this is tyrannical. This is a dictatorship. This is the Wild West where there's no rule of law, where a government can say, you can't go, and if you try, we'll put you in prison. That's not right. That's not freedom. You see, a, a tyrant overwhelms the will of the people. God is not a tyrant. He lets people choose. Praise God. And I've been praying for Pastor Michael Kotov there in St. Petersburg for a while. And the Lord spoke to me earlier in the year. He said, I'll tell you the specifics later, but I need you to go and see him. So I said, okay, Lord, I thought it meant Russia. But then he spoke another minister's name to me and said, I need you to go see him too. And they often traveled together. So I thought maybe we'll do something together in Russia. And then it wasn't Russia. It was this minister in America is having Pastor Michael and his whole staff fly over for a conference. And Pastor Michael, this is unusual, but he said, this is what you understand how some people think. Because it's very different to how we think. Pastor Michael said, I need impartation. Uh, this is a man that has over a large work. Look at the humility. I need somebody to preach to me. I need somebody to pray for me. So because they're gonna, we're not going to be able to leave, and we don't know how long that's going to last for. Could be three months, could be three years, could be forever. Dr. Dufresne prophesied that the Iron Curtain in Russia will go back up and, and the gospel will be stunted. He prophesied it. It's, it's in the process of happening. Unless prayer holds that back. But he knows he can't leave very soon. So he said, before I leave, I must be around this message. I need, and he said, Pastor, Pastor Bill Matthews in Minnesota, he said, would you call a conference? Would you make a conference and bring some preachers in? I'm bringing my whole staff just so we can receive. Talk about a heart. And so Pastor Bill, God spoke to him and said, have this minister, have this minister, call Craig Field. So when he spoke to me earlier in the summer, he said, I said, I went up to him and I said, I don't know what this means, but God said, there's something with you and Pastor Michael that I need to be at. And I don't even know what it is or when it is or where it is. But if there is anything that comes up, let me go. And he smiled and he goes, oh yeah, God already told me to invite you. I said, to what? I'm having a conference. I need you to come preach. Pastor Michael would like you to come with some other ministers. So I'm going there in November. That's why I can't do the Bible school because that and a lot of other things are happening. But I'm just saying, see, there is, there's, a, there's, a, there's an understanding. There's something there in, in people that understand how the spiritual world works that they need something. They catch it. I need our congregation to catch it. Do you understand? You have freedom. You can come to church anytime you want. Some people have to leave their country to be able to get to church. Just realize how blessed you are. That, that's all I'm trying to say. And so when, when they agreed, they got that great miracle and breakthrough in Samaria. So what's God asking us to do? Just fight for it, watch for it, and agree with it. Praise God. Today, I don't know if I'll be able, because of all these bunny trails, I don't know, because I know these bunny trails are spirit-led, so he's the boss, but I, I don't know if I'll get through it all, but I, I, the, the title for today is, We Pray for the Plan. Now, I know you just said, well, we just watch, so that's calling. Yes, calling is a form of praying, but it's not the kind of praying I'm talking about. There is a praying for this plan that God wants our church to step up into, not just this week, but in the months and years to come. If we're going to see the move of God that God has in his heart for this city and for around the world, it's going to take an Simeon kind of birthing and praying. And we can't just, it's one thing to call. That's when you're talking to God. That is a form of prayer. You're calling for it. But there's another thing where you get into an intercessory form of prayer and you are birthing the plan out in prayer. Do you see the difference? You can birth, that's one form. You can call, that's another form. So there's two forms of prayer within this four-part this four series, but he, he's emphasizing praying. Now, the Lord recently, I, need to, I, I don't think we'll get it all done, Jenny, but that's okay. The Lord recently started talking to me during the Bible school course, and he, and he said this to me. He said, uh, how do I say it, honey? I'll just take it slow because I'm trying to rush. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to get it all done today anyway. So we'll just pick it up next, next week, okay? Part A and part B. Because there's a, a clip of Dad Hagen I need you to listen to. But we'll have to play that next week because I have to say some things first. The Lord said to me earlier in the year, he said, last year, or I think it was 19, I guess, because we didn't do Bible school last year, did we? He said, I want you to do a series on the fruits of the Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit. 
And he said, have your wife do the fruits and then have you do the gifts. And she did a great job in the fruits. And then the COVID delayed a lot of things. And then we started these gifts. And I expected to get all nine gifts done in the eight week period. But as I'm going, the Lord kept delaying and, and giving me more and saying, focus on this. And all we basically did is spend eight weeks talking about the three power gifts. The word of faith, the gift of faith, the gift of the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And I, and I really got into some depth and detail about the difference of how the anointings work in different scenarios. The gifts are one flow of God, and then faith is another flow of God, and there's different things. And it was a, a very revelatory course, I think, to a lot of people who, who learned things that they maybe didn't know before. But as we were doing that course on September 13th, which I believe was part six or seven, I think it was part six, but as we were doing September 13th, whatever part that was, that was a Monday night, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know that October is coming. Now what he meant by that, I know what he meant because every October at our anniversary service, the last quarter of the year, we start having an overlap in the spirit for the next year. It's always been that pattern with us. The next year, there's a vision that technically doesn't start till January 1st, but he starts revealing things to me in the last quarter of the previous year about what's coming. And in the spirit, there's usually a little bit of a tweak and a little bit of a change that happens in the last quarter. And it always happens around our anniversary service. It starts. And so the Lord said to me, I'm starting to speak to you about the overlap. I know what he means by the overlap because every third, fourth quarter, there's an overlap for the next year. And he said, I'm starting to speak to you about the overlap now on, in mid-September. And I said, but Lord, you've never done that pattern like that before. You always wait till October. Why are you talking to me now? And he spoke very specifically to me. He said, I'm doing it differently this year because of the people that have sacrificed for the Bible school course. And he's never said that to me before. And he said, because we had the best turnout that we've ever had in all the years of doing the Bible school, consistently every week, over 100 people, which was wonderful. At 25% of our congregation were hungry enough to come. And I'm not saying other people weren't hungry. I know different people have different issues, but whatever. I'm just saying they, they made the effort to come. And so the Lord said, because of that sacrifice, see, God pays attention to sacrifice. He knows that people have better things to do on a Monday night. But when they make a decision and they're hungry and they come out with those kind of numbers, God pays attention. And he said to me, because of the hunger of that group, that have paid a price to come and study and show reverence and honor for these gifts. He said, because of them, because of that group, because of their sacrifice, I'm going to talk to you early, two weeks early of what I would have told you in October, when October dawned. He said, because it was of this group, I need them to be a part of what I'm doing because they have shown a sacrifice. I want them to participate in what I'm doing. So God did an unusual thing. And that was the 13th of September. Monday night was the day that Jenny was under a heavy, heavy, heavy assault. Physically, mentally, emotionally, the whole thing. Mainly physically. And she, didn't, she wasn't going to come. And I knew she had to come. But I just, word to the wise husbands, don't, just well, sometimes it's better to say nothing. Because when one is heightened and one not feeling well and you try to force, it can come across as control and manipulation instead of what your heart is really trying to do. I think if you've been married any length of time, I think all the husbands know that. Amen. If not, then ask them to roll up their sleeves and you'll see the bruises. <laughs> Praise God. And so I just left it and I said, Lord, you better get it over to her. And, and I know she was struggling, but she said, she said I'm going. She said, I don't, I don't physically feel like I can even do it, but I, I just feel in my spirit prompted to go. So I'm going and I'm thinking, yes, Lord, thank you. I don't know what you're doing tonight, but something special on tonight. And so I did the teaching and then after the break, we were going to do some praying. And then she was on the break and she said, I'm going home. I can't. I'm physically, I am so physically feeling sick and, and overwhelmed. I have to leave. I have to get to bed. And I, and I knew, don't, don't let her go. But then I'm not normally like that. You can go. I don't, it's just, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But sometimes there's timings with God. There's things that are set and you can't miss it. And the devil will work, will work scenarios to make you miss it because he's working to cause your fruit to be cast forth before the season. Not every situation is like that, but some very much are. And so I said, Lord, you better get it over to her because I can't control her. And we sat in the back and the Spirit of the Lord came upon her and spoke to her and she didn't feel any different. She still felt just as sick as she did before, but the Lord said, I forbid you to leave this building. Now, when God talks in that language, which I don't think he's ever done that phrase with her before, then the holy fear of God comes on you and you realize, I don't care if I'll vomit if I have to, but I'm staying. And so she dragged her bones into that seat 
And I, and, I, and I played that little clip of Dad Hagen at the beginning of that second half. And then I said, now we need to pray. And we started to pray. And my God, the anointing. My God, I don't know how to explain it to you. The anointing of God came on me in such a strong way, stronger than I think probably any corporate prayer meeting I've ever had since in the history of this church. It's just like a, something just, it just like fell on me. I don't, know, I don't know how to explain it to you. It just fell on me. And I began to pray hard and fast, like Dad Hagen would say, in English and in tongues. And what we were praying, and then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, this, this, this is what I just referred to, but now he, I'm explaining to you how it happened. As I'm praying, I heard the Lord speak to me. Then when that anointing came on me, and I'm praying in the spirit, hard and fast and loud, I heard the word of the Lord come to me in that atmosphere, in that glory. I heard him, him speak to me, and he said, I normally speak to you in the beginning of that fourth quarter, but I'm going to speak to you tonight out of honor for the students that have made the sacrifice to come and show reverence for the gifts of the Spirit. I want them to participate in what I'm saying, and I want them to hear it before the rest of the congregation. And I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly, and he said, he's, he's, it sounded like what Pastor Nancy said, but God's saying it. The time for the working of miracles is at hand. That's what I heard. She's got on her little things, it's time for miracles. It's time for miracles. And, and God is, obviously God is speaking to a lot of different people about this, but I heard him say that. The time for the working of miracles is at hand. But son, you must pray as a congregation for the working of miracles. You must pray for me to be able to pour it out. And so we, and he said, this day will be known, September 13th, I wrote it in my journal, this day will be known in the, in the, in the future. As the, he called it the date of beginnings. That's how he phrased it. This date, September 13th, will be known in the future as the date of beginnings for the praying of the working of miracles. And you must pray. It's one thing to stay connected. <laughs> it's one thing to get the vision and call for it. It's one thing to agree with it, but it's a whole other thing to pray for it. And if we don't have all four working, it's not going to happen. We have to pray. And he said, there must, prayer must be made. Prayer. And he said, now in the realm of the spirit, something has changed. I can't explain it to you. Maybe you don't feel it. You don't need to feel it. But I'm just telling you in the realm of the spirit, something changed. Now that was scheduled for October. Because it's an overlap of what's coming next year. Do you understand? Next year, there's an assignment of God for us to start praying these things out more. Because this year, the assignment was get through attacks and get revelation. Get through attacks and get revelation. The assignment isn't really to pray this year. It's to get through the attacks and to get revelation. That's the Jordan River year. But the next year, next year, 2022, when we get to Jericho, there's, it's the start, it's the beginnings of things. Now, you've heard me say that, the Elisha parallel. He got to Jericho, which is the first place of conquest of, Jer of Joshua. And what happened? Things started. The ministry started. Jer Jericho was the first conquest from the promised land. It always represents firsts. And God showed me some parallels with Elisha and Jericho and things that are going to happen, which I've already talked about and I won't talk about today. But last night, I'm learning some things about the realm of the Spirit. There was such a heavy darkness, man. It felt like darkness moved into my bedroom. It felt like there was just a wall and a, a veil of demons all around. I don't know how to explain it to you. And when that happens, I, I, I'm, not always as, I'm not always as smart as I should be because I know that they're there and I'm just trying to, you know, get rid of them. But I don't always connect the dots that there's a reason why they've come. And the reason why they've come is because I had an appointment with God last night that I didn't even know about. And they were coming to get me so overwhelmed with that sense of hopelessness and discouragement and, and fear and different things that I wouldn't enter into my prayer closet. When that stuff comes, you don't feel like praying. And I just tried for hours to just, and I finally just said, Lord, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on today. I don't know why there's this assignment. I don't know. I don't, I don't deserve it. I've not done it. I don't open the door by sin. I don't know what's going on. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, go pray. I don't want to pray. I've been praying for four hours, trying to rebuke this thing. It won't leave. I'm just being honest with you. I'm trying to show you real life, not just your little Pentecostal bubble. This is real life. 
not your Pentecostal bubble. And sometimes you pray and they don't leave and you don't always know why, but the Holy Ghost will show you if you just wait on him. Amen. Praise God. And so I finally went into that prayer closet, like not just praying, but specifically an appointment with God. Without any, without, without wanting, without any desire, without any anointing, with just, just oppression everywhere. And I just started praying in tongues and worshiping and praying in tongues and worshiping. And slowly that thing started to lift off. Slowly it started to lift off. Slowly. And about an hour into that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, you need to learn. Why do you think those things come? Because I need to talk to you tonight. They know to a measure. I need to talk to you tonight. So they're there to stop you from coming so I can talk to you. Are you listening to me? So when you feel that oppression, push through it because they're there to stop something. I'm trying to help you. I know everybody likes the little rub my rabbit's foot and, you know, a little magic wand and everything is perfect. That's not real life. It doesn't work that way. We're learning the things of the spirit. And so he started to talk to me and he said, I have revelation to bring you about Joshua. Remember, God's used with me David, Elisha, and Joshua. Then also the vineyard parallel, which is the five years, and then the Samaria parable. Those, are, those last two are kind of subcategories. But the three main ones that he's been talking to me since 2017 is David, Elisha, and Joshua. Okay? I've got much revelation on David, and there's been a lot of revelation on Elisha, but not that much on Joshua. And I've often said to him over the months of this year, Lord, why don't you talk to me more about Joshua? Because I can't really find all the parallels that the others, especially with Elisha in this season of Hebron, I can't really see them that clearly in Joshua. And I don't understand because I know that he's one of the three main ones. And God's been silent. And God's been silent. But for whatever reason, last night, I had an appointment for him to talk to me about Joshua. I don't know why he picked last night, but he did. And that's why there was that strong attack so that I wouldn't get in so I wouldn't hear. And I can't share all of it with you now, but I will in the future. But one of the things that he said to me about Joshua, which I want you to know. Are you listening? Which is new revelation to me, which I didn't see. He said, you know, on the plain of Jordan, I've already shared this with you and you know, the plain of Jordan 2020, that's when Elisha picked up the mantle. Well, the same physical location, the plain of Jordan, when hundreds of years before, when Joshua was there, that is where the man with the drawn sword appears to him. That was, the, that was him picking up the mantle. That was him getting the impartation from Jesus himself for war, the anointing for conquest. That's why he took off his shoes like Moses did, and he had a holy experience with God in the plain of Jordan. He received an anointing, just like Elisha. That's our 2020 year. There's a perfect parallel. Now he showed me something I didn't know and I didn't see. He said, now you know that 2021, he goes, Elisha goes and he pats the Jordan and there's revelation and there's obstruction. And he said, that's what you've been facing this year. A lot of attack and a lot of revelation. He said, now the parallel with Joshua, which I hadn't really seen, is he said, if you notice, if you read there, which I did, he takes Joshua after the removal of the shoes and he knelt down and the Lord blessed him and that's when he imparted that anointing to him. Then he takes him and he says, now lift up your eyes and look unto Jericho. And he begins to talk to him in the first five verses. Of, I think it's Joshua chapter five or six. I can't remember. But he talks to him in the first five verses about the strategy for conquest. Behold, I've given them city to you and its king and its mighty men. And you will go around the city once. And then he, talks, he tells him in four verses, he gives him the whole strategy. Are you ready? What was he doing? He was giving him revelation. And the Lord said, did I not say 2021 is a year of revelation? He said, Joshua, after he had the experience of receiving the anointing, had to have a moment of pause with me so I could tell him how to overcome. And he said, in 2021, I've been teaching you how to overcome. I'm whispering in your ear this whole year. Your whole year is me standing and talking. I'm saying, look at Jericho. Look at the vision. Look at the future. This is how you're going to do it. Yeah. Amen. I saw that. And then, of course, 22 with Elijah, he goes next year, represents he goes to Jericho and he starts certain things. But now the Lord brought some revelation to me last night about Joshua and 2022, which I didn't know. And he said, now... He has got the instruction from me. Revelation came in your 2021 year. But he said your 2022 year 
as a first conquest, as the things beginning, certain things are going to launch in the realm of the spirit and the realm of the natural. It's not just what I've showed you with Elisha because there's different things that God showed me about next year from the Elisha parallel. But he said, now there's something about Joshua that's very important that you don't know yet. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm all ears. Talk to me. I'm, I, your servant is uh, listening to you. And he said, before the power fell, before the ground opened, they marched for seven days, once. And he said, you've already preached on this. You know what that means. Blowing the trumpet, making sounds, but not by articulate speech. It represents tongues. They are making sounds, and we make sounds in the spirit, but not our known language. It's like the ram's horn. It's praying in the spirit. I've already preached that law many times before, but he said next year, 2022, that represents, I gave him strategy in your 2021, and the next step was not the ground opening up. The next step was circling that city once for seven days and making sounds in the spirit. And he said next year, there must be an increase of prayer or this will not happen for your church. He said, you are circling the city next year. You're circling it. You're circling it. Are you with me? That's why there was such an attack all day. The devil didn't want me to know that. He said, you're sorry. Then he said, now, do you remember Bethel was the 2023 year? That's when Elisha went to Bethel. And he said, now, you know, I told you attack's coming. But he said, it's more than an attack. It's a confrontation. The kids came out, 42 of them to mock him. And he cursed them and God's power came in judgment and shut the mouths of the enemies of God. Don't matter that they were kids, they were enemies. Are you with me? He said, now you know that's scheduled for 23. He said, but I want to show you the Joshua parallel. It's a perfect parallel. He said in 2023, there was also a divine confrontation. There was a season of praying. And then there was the actual confrontation with that enemy on that. the next phase was the confrontation where the judgment power of God fell on Jericho and the walls came down. Judgment fell on 42 children and they were annihilated. Judgment fell on Jericho and they were annihilated. And he said, there's something coming in 2023, son. He said, but if you don't get into praying, you won't see that happen in 2023. There is a confrontation coming and there is power that is going to fall. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what angle he's talking about. I don't know. I don't know the details, but I just know that he said to me, 2023, there's a confrontation and there's, I'm going to meet that confrontation with an overwhelming force of my power. Judgment will come. But he said, it won't come. It couldn't, the walls couldn't fall if he hadn't circled the city seven times. You've got to do the first things first before the power shows up. And that circling, making sounds in the spirit represents prayer. And he said, in addition to what I've showed you with Elisha, that parallel with 2022, he said, I'm telling you tonight, that's why the enemy was after you all day to try to stop you from hearing this. I need you to know and I need you to tell your congregation that 2022 must be an increase of prayer. There must be an increase of prayer in their private lives as well as a corporate life. There must be an increase, not just of calling, but of getting in the spirit and praying out this plan. I'm telling you. And are you listening? I'm trying to connect the dots now. What he said, now this is last night, but on the 13th, when I had that anointing come and he said, I'm doing this early so the Bible school students can participate because of their honor. This was scheduled for October, but I'm doing it early because of their honor. He said, I'm getting over to you tonight, September 13th. What should have been got over to you in October? I'm telling you that there must be prayer made for miracles. I need the people to seriously begin. This is not a joke. This is not an option. This is commanding instructor instructions from our commander in chief. I need the people to pray. There must be prayer for the miraculous power of God. That's what he dealt with me on that 13th. Prayer must be made for miracles. They must be made for miracles. Now, I got some scripture. I'll probably not get it to you until next week. So just flow with me. Don't get so religious that because I didn't turn on the Bible that we missed it. We didn't. I got, I got scripture for you, but I just can't get it all out because we got to go. 
and I'll get it out to you next. But he gave me a chapter in Acts. And he said, I want you to read what they did when they prayed. And I want you to read what happened after they prayed. And it is scriptural to pray for miracles. Because miracles, the gift of the work of miracle comes as the Spirit wills. You can't make that happen. God chooses when that happens. But if you pray for it, he will choose it to happen more often. And it is scripture. We have Bible verse to prove that they prayed the Holy Ghost would manifest himself by the gift of the working of miracles. And because they asked God for it, God chose to will it. And the next chapter you see a tremendous increase of miracles starting to happen. And they only happened because they prayed. They didn't happen as much before, but after they prayed, miracles started popping like popcorn. Not just healings, but miracles. And I saw it. I saw it in the spirit, miracles starting to pop in the grocery store, your life, not just in this church service. You're, this is what's exciting to me. It's not just in the church service. It's you go and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes on you and, and you don't, they don't even necessarily have to have faith because miracles, that's by the gifts of the spirit. It don't matter if they've got faith and you just say, be healed, Boom! and they jump out of the wheelchair. Amen. It won't happen if we don't pray. That's right. You don't see that kind of power with prayerless churches. But churches that buckle down, pull their socks up, polish their brass, and say, God, we're calling upon you. Not just because we know we should, but because you specifically told us to pray for this subject at this time. We are in the right timing of God. I know the anointing is not going to come in full measure to pray for this until next year. Because it's for next year. He's just giving us insight in the last quarter of this year. But I've already started to pray for it. Because that anointing came on me September 13th. And I know what that anointing feels like to pray for miracles. I've never experienced it before, Sandra. I've prayed in general for miracles all my life, but something was different that night. There was a supernatural endowment, a help. I don't know what to call it. Something came on me to pray for miracles. And he said, this is reserved for next year, but I'm giving you a taste of it now so that you'll preach about it now so that the people will be ready when it comes in 2022. And the reason I'm doing it earlier than I normally do it is because of the honor of the students for this subject. I want them to participate in this because it will be known September 13th as the date of beginnings. Because that anointing was very powerful. So I'm, can you see the dots? He said that you need to pray for miracles. It was actually in that service that he said, talk to them about fighting for the plan. Talk to them about calling for the plan. Talk to them about agreeing with the plan. And then, and then end it with talk about praying for the plan because that's the most important. Yes. It was then that I got this whole four-part series when that anointing came on me. Hallelujah. I didn't get every detail, but I knew in my spirit that God wanted to communicate this to the congregation. So I'm telling you, there's something very exciting. This is not just a normal little church doing our little normal little silliness. There's something, life is being breathed into this congregation. We are on a divine assignment. I hope you can feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. This is something that's going to affect people's lives out there that are sinners and saints alike. That we're going to see bodies restored and demons come out and, and people with bipolar instantly healed and restored. And I'm telling you, we're going to see miracles. I'm telling you we will if we'll pray. That anointing came on me on the 13th to let me know what it felt like for God himself to paint you with something unique and, and Holy Ghost to pray out for that subject. Because you need his help to pray these things. You can't even pray them in an anointing. That's why you don't get any credit because not only did you have nothing to do with it, but you couldn't even have pre prepared for it on your own. He gives you the anointing to even pray for it. How could we ever stand before God and say, we need, we need to get credit? We didn't even have the desire. He put the desire in. We didn't know what to do. He gave us the instruction. We didn't even have the anointing to pray. He said, here's the anointing to pray. Then when we prayed and it came to pass, it was his power that caused it to come to pass. Like what is our, all we do is cooperate and agree. We don't get any credit because it's all him. Even the knowledge of it is coming from him. The anointing for it is coming from him. The preparation for it is coming from him. Everything is coming from him. But there is a preparation. I felt it. That anointing came on me. I was standing right here. I was standing right here. And something fell from heaven. Whew, just like that on me. I've never experienced that anointing like that to pray like that. Something took hold of me. And I began to pray out about miracles. Also about persecution, but about miracles. Whew. 
And he said, this is a marker. It's a date of beginnings. That anointing to pray. I'm putting that anointing on you and the people. And I asked afterward, how many sense that unusually strong? Almost every hand went up. Because God was letting the students, because of their honor, for the subject of the working of miracles being taught. He was giving them an honor to participate in the anointing to pray for it. Earlier than scheduled. Are you with me? So we, I'm going to talk more next week, but we got to pray because I'm telling you, prayer will release those miracles to happen. And then last night, I've known this since September 13th, but last night, then, then he said, honey, son, that's why. That's why they've been against you all day. They don't want you to hear me, but, I, but you push through. Now I'm going to give you revelation. Next, you see, the surest word of prophecy is the scripture. When he gives me scripture, nothing can move me. So that's why he doesn't often just talk to me about big things. He'll give me a scripture because then I can stand on that, that word. And he said, then see how they, he got the anointing. And then I gave him revelation about the plan. That's 2021. And he said, now nah, he's praying before the miracle showed up. 2022 will be marked by prayer. It will be marked by prayer, but not just any kind of prayer, a divine impartation to pray. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to see it. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, we are going to see it. If you'll pray with me. If you don't, then I can't promise that we'll see it. But, but, but we'll see a measure of it because I'm going to do it. The staff are going to do it. The leaders are going to do it. But, if, but we need all, everybody. We need everybody to say, uh, this, is, this, is, this is not just church as normal anymore. Well, I don't like how long it took to do the offering and I'm offended and I'm not coming back. And, you know, I can't believe how much did those balloons cost? You know, are they using my tithe to do that? And, you know... Reverend Taylor used to be anointed, but he's not as anointed anymore. I don't know, maybe there's sin in his life. And, you know, it's amazing what people, it's amazing what religious devils come up with. I need you to get past the religious devils that are trying to influence you and lock in with me for a divine purpose. It's not about the color of the carpet or how long we preach or all this little nonsensical stuff. It's about there is a revival that Toronto needs. There is a glory center that must be built. And there is a miracle working power that must come to produce that. And there is prayer that must happen for that miracle working power to come. But you've got to fight for it and you've got to call for it, watch for it. You've got to agree with it and you've got to pray for it. And if we'll do it, it will surely come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's 12 or 7 and I'll end in three minutes, but I'll tell you what happened. I'm standing praying. That anointing is on me. Jenny is in the seat. Remember, she felt sick, but she stayed. Why? God needed her here to participate in that anointing. But why was there such an attack on her? Because she was going to have an out-of-body experience. That's why the devil was after her so strong. So we get into the green room after this thing is lifted and we've done praying. And, and she said, honey, wow. And she said, you know, why did you, I don't know if you asked, why did you do that? Or I asked if you did it. I saw she said, she said did, you first said you did that. And then I said, no, I didn't do that. And she said, but I saw you do it. She had a supernatural experience. She saw me with her eyes open. She's looking at me as I'm praying. And she sees me with her physical eyes do an action, but I never did that action. Which means what happened was God caught her away and she saw into the realm of spirits. The gift of the discerning of spirits came and operated for that moment. And she saw, and I asked God later, I said, Lord, what happened there? And he said, I showed her the future. Oh but the future was, it's an unusual thing. Say, when Randy saw the glory center, he stepped out of this building and into another building and he saw it. He was there, but he was, and that was a gift of the discerning of spirits. He was seeing into the Roman spirits, but he, was, he wasn't in this building. He can see the other building. But in this situation, she didn't step into a cloud or step. It was showing the future, but she was looking at me in the present doing an action in the future. But I didn't do the action. But she was convinced I did because she saw me do it with her own eyes. And I said, honey, I don't know how to tell you. I didn't do that. But I saw you do it. And then I realized, oh, you were having a supernatural experience. God was showing you the future. But I didn't do it in the present. And what she did is she saw me. Now, this is to other people, not just me. But she saw me. 
she heard like a noise, like a rumble, and then she said it was like you surged forward in such an aggressive way. She said, I don't know how to explain it. And she said, as you, as you lunged forward, there was like, the, like, like a loud noise, like, like that. But it was like the whole atmosphere went, and she said, I saw you lunge. Now, she said, when you lunged, and she thought I'd physically done this, which I hadn't. But she said, when I heard that crack, that noise, and you move forward, she said, and I know this is going to sound strange, but supernatural things can, sometimes it's difficult to explain it in English. But she said, you were a human, but you were a bull. I don't know how to explain that. And she said, you look like a bull within a, a tornado. And she said, I saw this wind moving around you and your form changed to that of a bull, but I knew you were still Craig and you were still human, but you were like a bull. She said, I don't know how to explain that. And you went like that. And as you did that, and this crackling and this power was released when you moved. And she said, it's like you charge like a bull in a tornado. And it was like, and when you got, the miracle popped in that person's life. And then you went back. And you went, and like this tornado, this, this aggressive charging motion, but within a whirlwind. And it went, and another miracle exploded. Another miracle exploded. Another miracle exploded. I, that, that shook me up. She saw me doing that with her own eyes, but I didn't do that. I was standing still praying. But she saw into the future. I believe she saw the glory center. I believe she saw people that were dead and people that were crippled and people that were blind and people that were demon-possessed. And I believe she saw in the future that, that rampaging, raw, powerful, there's a fly, the devil's a fly against that kind of hurricane. It's overwhelming power. It's overwhelming power. And the power of God explodes. And then... And she went home and I was so shaken up, I stayed in that green room for a little while praying and I heard the Holy Ghost and I'll end with this I heard the Holy Ghost say would you like to know something son about what she saw I said Lord please tell me he said she witnessed something that I want on earth but that is before my throne every second I said what do you mean Lord and he took me to that scripture where it says those living creatures one looks like the face of a bull lion man it says ox or bull lion man and eagle but he said, if you look at it, it says, and they charge. They dart. That's what she saw, darting. And he said, listen to me. He said, before my throne, those living creatures dart back and forth in power. It says lightning's flash. And it says that wheel within a wheel is spinning. I've never seen that before, Greg. He said, it looks like a tornado that wheel within a wheel, shh, there's a spinning and there's a charging and there's a bull and there's power, unlimited raw power. No devil, no sickness, no dead person, no schizophrenic person, nothing can stand before that power. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because I had a supernatural experience after she went home and God said to me, before my throne, there is that motion. He said, I desire that motion to be on the earth. I desire my people. Those living creatures are angels, but we're his people. I desire there to be that, that glory and that glory, that twisting, powerful, whirlwind, charging, raw power, causing miracles. And he said, don't you know what my word says? I said, yes, Lord. He said, my word says that the angels call out continuously in my ears at the throne of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Listen, the earth isn't full of his glory. They are calling those things that be not as though they are. And didn't say the whole heavens are full of his glory. It says the earth is full of his glory. And I'm telling you, I saw something I've never seen before, Rosita. I heard him say, I am having the angels call. 
what is not yet as though it already is. 24 hours a day, all the time, I am reminded that my glory is to fill the earth. I want my glory to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And this charging and this raw, I don't know how to have English words for it, this beyond powerful power, it's supposed to be in the earth. I see them move and dart and the whirlwind and the fire and the power. I want it in the earth. I want it in the earth. I want it in the earth. I want glory in the earth. And I want it through you, son. And I want it through your congregation, son. And I want them to do that in the grocery store as well as the service. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm not making this up. There is something coming, brothers and sisters. There is a glory that no human being, none of us, no matter how old you are, none of us have seen this. Measures of it were in Amy Simba McPherson. Measures of it were in Alexander Dowie. Measures of it were in the revival in the 50s. But all these revivals are coming together. There is a whopper coming. There is a whopper coming. And it's going to be more powerful than anything since the book of Acts. And we are going to see that kind of, I don't know how to explain it. She saw it. She thought I had done it. She was convinced I had done it. She was asking me about doing it. I haven't done it, Jenny. Why do you keep saying it? I know I didn't do that. I would know if I did that. I was standing praying, but I saw you. You saw the future. And there will be times. When that anointing comes and, there, and physically that action will happen. I know, I know it will because saw, she saw me doing the action. And against that power, against that power. See, we're to, you're just so much looking at the government and so much looking at the gay community and so much looking at this law and that problem and that problem. And it feels so dark and it feels so overwhelming. And oh my God, what are we going to do? You haven't seen power. When God's glory comes, it swallows the snake of the Pharaoh. When that power comes, nothing can stand against it. When they put us in jail, the angels get us out. When they're about to take us, we go invisible through their midst. When we are about to be hurt, we're translated to another place. We've never seen this kind of power. And he wants COVID and the government and the legislation to try to, try to put a heavy on us. My brothers and sisters, there's something coming. There's something coming. It's raw, unadulterated power like at the throne of God. And if we don't pray, it will not manifest. So you better get ready. You better strike out of your existence those things that offend you. You better walk in love with your brothers and sisters. You better walk in love with me. And you better stay faithful, I'm telling you, and start calling for it. Start calling for it. But more than that, start praying with me for it. I say by the Holy Ghost, thus saith the Lord. Some of you who have heard this and have been stirred in your spirits today, even before the time, even before the allotted season, says the Lord, even before 2022 dawns, I, like I came early on September the 13th, I will even visit some of you. I will visit you in your homes. I will visit you in your prayer closets. And that anointing that came on your pastor on September 13th will come upon you. Even before the scheduled time of next year, if you will yield to me, the anointing to pray for this, the anointing to pray for this will come. You've tried to pray and you've done well, but it's not enough because you need a special anointing to pray for this. And that anointing is coming. I say it by the Spirit, even as God did it early because of the honor of the students. So God, congregation-wide, will do it early, even before the assigned time next year. He'll do it in the last quarter of this year for those that show honor for it. If you show honor for it, you better be careful. You better, you better enter. You better tread carefully when you enter that prayer closet because I'm telling you, when that anointing falls on you, you'll know it. And you'll begin to birth and pray things out with a cry out of your spirit that you've never felt before. And it is that kind of praying that is needed because that births and releases this kind of raw, before the throne kind of power and the gift of the working of miracles. And it will surely happen. It will surely come to pass. Father, I agree with you. I agree with you. 
I agree that as the people show honor, it'll happen the last quarter of this year. I agree that it will happen church-wide next year. I agree that next year will be a year of circling Jericho. Next year will be a year of prayer. Next year will be a year of sounding in the spirit. Yes, a year of starts, but a year of prayer. Lord, because there's coming, there's coming a need for power like we've never seen before. Darkness grows darker, but the glory of God is going to swallow up the snake of the Pharaoh. And I say it will come to pass in Jesus' name. I don't know if you can feel it, but that anointing is strong here today. Not just because I'm riled up, but that anointing is riling me up. That anointing is here to bear witness with my words. Please be spiritual and look to your spirits right now. Close your eyes and look to your heart. Father, bear witness with every hearer at home and in person. Bear witness that this is a holy thing that you're doing. Bear witness that this praying is needed and they are part of it, not just a select few. Everyone that calls me their pastor is assigned to this praying. And we will do it, Father. We will do it. Father, we give you our word. We cut covenant with you. We'll do it. We will do it, Father. And your power is going to flow like we've never seen. We've never seen this measure. Oh my God, we've never seen it. We've heard snippets in the past by the great ministers of old. But we've never seen it with our eyes. We are going to behold the wonders of God. We are going with our own eyes to behold the wonders of heaven. We are going to handle the power gifts with our own hands as the Spirit wills. We're going to have it. We're going to have it. In Jesus' name, we're going to have it. I give you praise, Father. Thank you for letting my wife have that supernatural, futuristic experience. Thank you for showing her what it looks like. Thank you for showing me from the word about the throne of God and what it looks like and that you want this on the earth. And the angels are calling for it to be on the earth. Father, release it on the earth. Let our prayers move you that you would release it on the earth. How are we going to deal with the transgenders? How are we going to deal with the transvestites? How are we going to deal with this gross, gross darkness that swallows the people? It must take the glory of God. It must take a power that human beings have not witnessed before to shake that dark sin off them and to let them see the light of God. Oh, Father, it's not going to take little preaching like we've done in the past. It's going to take a demonstration of the Spirit and power. We need to pray for it. The time is short. We need to pray for it. Things are coming. We need to pray for it. In Jesus' name. Get your eyes off COVID. It's a distraction. Remember, it's the, it's the, the, horses, the, the horses of fire, the world that tried to distract Elisha from Elijah. It's a distraction. Keep your focus with me, congregation. Keep your focus on what God is saying. Get out of your mind and all your emotions about all the stuff in society and get into that prayer place because we have a divine assignment. It is greatly needed for what is coming. I praise you, Father. I thank you that your word goes deep into them today and it takes root. And they watch over this message to protect it. They don't have hard hearts where the devil will come and steal the seed as soon as they leave the building. They don't have stony hearts that it's going to be excited and then they're going to get offended. And they don't have thorny hearts, Father, where it looks like it's working, but then they just get distracted and discouraged and it falls apart. Lord, they have good hearts. The seed goes into good hearts this morning and it will bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold. And I will have every single person within the sound of my voice. I will have every single person within the sound of my voice in that prayer closet with that anointing praying for the power of God. I'm not, ex I'm not interested in just 25%. I'm not interested in 50%, Father. I'm calling, Father. I'm asking for every person that calls me their pastor to have a divine encounter with you in that prayer closet. If not this year, then next. Because we need to pray for the glory to come. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Glory, 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 and I say again, glory.